You're listening to the Breakaway Breakdown Podcast, where we bring you interviews with some of the top ropers in the country, news about what's going on in the fastest sport on dirt, training tips for you and your horses, and so much more. I'm your host, Casey Allen. Let's jump in. You guys, I have been so excited to share this episode with you that this is like take 32 of me trying to record this introduction for you guys. So since I took over hosting The Breakdown, I have wanted to have on Donine Taylor as a guest. Donine is a WPRA world champion tie-down roper, and besides being one of the nicest humans I've ever met, she's literally, she's wonderful, she is a certified mental performance coach. This means that she has coached some of the top athletes in the rodeo industry at the professional, youth, high school, and collegiate levels. And she does corporate training, motivational speaking, individualized coaching. She's authored two books that we're going to talk more about later. The woman has done it all besides being a great horsewoman and roper. So I know a lot of you are starting up with your collegiate seasons, your high school rodeo seasons. You're about to go into a new year of whatever rodeo association or jackpot, you know, season that you're going into. And I just think this is the perfect time to share some of the things that Donine has to say. We get real with this conversation, you guys. You're going to have to um, not judge me a little bit because Donine calls me out for some things that I've struggled with in my roping and just with my mindset as a competitor. And she's really helped me through some of these things. And I am so thrilled to share them with you guys. So without further ado, let's jump right in and be prepared to completely revolutionize the way that you think about confidence and your mindset from the time that you wake up in the morning to the time that you go to bed after the rodeo. And of course, this episode is brought to you by Fastback Ropes, and I'm going to tell you more about them at the commercial break. Okay, so Donine, I have had the pleasure to know you for a couple years, um, and I also got to read your first book, Heart of a Champion which tells your whole biography and talks through your incredible journey that you have been working towards since you were a little kid, um, that gold buckle in the women's tie-down roping. And I just think that's amazing. You accomplished your goal of being a world champion, and you worked for it. It's like, since you t- like you talked about in the book, you know, you were goat tying, you wanted to be a barrel racer, and then you got into calf roping, and then you got hooked up with these really amazing connections um, with Larry D. Guy, who is, as most of us know, one of the greatest in roping. She's a great tie-down horse trainer and your great horse, Chester. So let's fast forward to when you finally won that gold buckle. Just share with us what it felt like when you realized you won that world championship. Oh, my gosh. Casey, <laughs> it, felt, I was, it felt fulfilling, really fulfilling. And it, it wasn't so much the win. You know, that's not what fulfilled me. What fulfilled me was, man, all the challenges, all the adversity, all the skill sets I accumulated, you know, learning, learning how to, how to, how to push through it, grow through it, not, not do that start stop. You know, when things got hard, I would throw my sucker in the dirt. And that really, that really made this process a 38-year process because I would do that start, stop, start, stop instead of really understanding that the struggle is necessary and that struggle is my strength. 
that's what grew me. And so it was super fulfilling that I overcame. It was super fulfilling that I got to develop all these really amazing relationships with with friends and coaches and mentors. Um, Yeah, I mean, that's exactly what it felt like. I love that. And that actually leads into something that I was really wanting to talk about today is I feel like so much of us are focused on that end goal, on that gold buckle, on that qualification, whatever it might be. And I love how in your book you really talk through the process and how you change as a person on your way to that goal. So can you talk to us just a little bit about what that looks like? Yeah, man, I was so outcome driven, so outcome driven. Um, I mean, winning it was was like everything. That's all I could ever focus focus on. But once I realized, man, it's 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 not the goal. It, it really is not the goal. I, I can't control. I can't control if I achieve that goal or not. There, the, I I can't wave a wand. I can't guarantee I'll accomplish it. But what I can control is is how I work at it. What I can control is how I invest in myself. What I can control is my patience. What I can control is my process, my my preparation, my mindset, my effort, my enthusiasm, whether or not I'm getting the results I want. It's that consistency of really sticking with the process. You know, we're not mentally tough when it's easy. We're mentally tough when it's not easy. And it truly was you know, really backing up, you know, zooming out and seeing it for what it really is. This bold goal is an opportunity to grow myself and to become the best, the best version of myself. And when I took, when I took my, you know, like you got, you have two eyes and, and, and if you've got like one eye, well, yep, I'm process based and you got the other eye, yeah, but I really want that bold goal. If you'll take and put both eyes on your process, you're more apt to get what you want because now you have both eyes helping you to focus, helping you to be energized, helping you to fill that confidence tank. It really is a distraction if we're focusing on the bold goal as we're working the process. And it's it's like an 80-20 split. We want to focus 80% of our time on the process, 20% on the bold goal. And, you know, when can you focus on the bold goal? I write down my goals every day. I visualize every day. I reverse engineer how I'm going to run it down. When I, when I get a result, sure, I look at the outcome, but I look at it as data. I look at it as information. What did I learn? And that's when I look at the outcome. The rest of the time, it's all process-based. I love that, too. And it's like you said, I love how you kept mentioning every day, every day, every day. Because I think some of us, like, sprint, and then we, like, crawl. And then we sprint, and it's really hard to stay consistent. So what are your best tips for that achieving that consistency? Yeah, and, and in my new book, I mean, Master the Art of Winning, I have I have a chapter there, the success checklist. And when you can reverse engineer it and put it down on paper, you know, set the intentions, what you want to accomplish that day, schedule them, mark them off, and then reflect and refocus and do that every day. 
that's how you get those consistent steps where you're moving forward. It's it's really one step at a time. Um, that that truly is process. Hey guys, this episode is brought to you by Fastback Ropes. Fastback Ropes was created in 1995 with a single mission in mind, to build the best rope on the market. That will always be their number one goal, according to Fastback Ropes. They believe it's important to focus on building the best product possible and treat customers with the respect that they deserve. Now, besides being a great company, they feature two ropes that I think you breakaway ropers are going to like. The first is the Edge, a four-strand calf rope. It's made of texturized poly. It's a tough and durable rope that stands up in all conditions and outlasts the competition. The other rope that they've come up with is exclusively for breakaway ropers, unlike the Edge, which was offered to calf ropers previously. It's called the Athena, and besides being pink and having a purple dyed core, which is awesome, the poly core provides enhanced tip weight and durability. It's a tough and durable rope that stands up in all conditions and gives a snappy finish and close. Make sure to check out fastbackropes.com for more information and to get your ropes. I know that confidence is something you've kind of had a roller coaster feeling towards your whole life. So just talk to me about how you learned these concepts of where confidence comes from and how you carry yourself and how that translates kind of into your daily life. I love that. Okay. So I used to think, you know, confidence was a feeling. It's something I'm waiting to feel. And Confidence, it's something that you do. It's something that you do. We don't need to wait to feel confident. And, you know, big body language, you know, straight spine, open chest, you know, owning your presence. That's not being cocky. I mean, what that is, is it's helping you put your body in a optimal state so you can perform your best. It's getting that body um, chemistry to work for you instead of instead of against you um how you talk to yourself big part of confidence we big want to part. <laughs> oh my gosh productive positive process-based things in our life um huge huge part of confidence focus what you focus on we want to focus on what we can control we want to focus on what we want to have happen we want to live in the present moment that really helps us to show up our our authentic self, our optimal self, our our confident self. Um, you know your perspective. If if you're showing up, man, I have to be here versus I get to be here. That's that's really going to shift your confidence. If you're thinking I have to be here, if you show up with energy and enthusiasm, you get to be here. That really helps you to fill your tank. And most folks say, you know, um, preparation is a big part of their confidence. And I totally get that. Preparation in the arena, preparation outside of the arena. But I tell you, if you show up the most prepared, riding riding a team, you know, riding your A-team string, but your body language is small, you're looking down, you're, you're, you're not being your authentic self. If you are focusing on all the things you can't control, if you're focusing on all the things you don't want to have happen, if your self-talk is awful, if you know you're 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 a bully, you're a critic, you're belittling yourself, that 
that is really going to mess with your performance. I, I don't care how prepared you are or the kind of horse you're riding. It all, it all works together. So how much, specifically in the sport of brakeler roping, do you feel that confidence can affect, I mean, catching calves, the, the end goal? Confidence affects, I mean, confidence affects everything. Mm-hmm. It, it really does. And I'll tell you, a lot of people think, you know, um, when I win, I have more confidence. What do you think about that? Do you, do you feel like your tank is more full when you win? Your confidence tank is more full when you win? Honestly, yes. And okay. and that was a lot of my problem when I first met you because I determined my worth off of if I roped a calf or not that day. Okay. And, and, and you're not alone. You, you really aren't alone. But, but here's the deal, Casey. I mean, if we're waiting for something outside of our control, which is a win, um, the catch, and, and I'm sure some folks are saying, well, I can control the catch. And I like to say, so you miss on purpose? I mean, (laughs) you truly cannot control the catch because if you could, you would never miss. And if you're waiting on a catch, if you're waiting on results, if you're waiting on other people to fill your tank, to affirm that you're doing good, to affirm that, 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 that you have worth, then you're waiting for something outside of your control, outside of your power to fill your confidence tank. And, and we, we do not want to be in that position where we're waiting for something to fill our tank. I encourage my athletes, hey, you fill your tank. This confidence deal, Casey, it's a you and you deal all day long. And, I mean, things that, things that you can do to fill your tank, how you talk to yourself. How you talk to yourself. Are you a bully? Are you a critic? Are you mean? Or do you talk to yourself like your best friend? That's huge on filling your tank. Um, building on your strengths. A lot of people want to focus on on weaknesses. I call them needs works. Heck yeah, we want to work on those things. But I also want to look at all the great things I'm doing. I want to look at my strengths and build my strengths. Because what gets rewarded gets repeated. Uh, every, every time, and, and I know you've had a lot of this experience, every time you've said yes to something before you had all your stuff together, that fills your tank. Every time you turn something that's, man, it's going south, things are tanking on you, but you turn that thing around, you figure it out, you find a way, that fills your tank. Every time that you give 100% of what you got, knowing you didn't have 100% to give, that fills your tank. Every time you get outside your comfort zone, that fills your tank. Every time that you move forward, whether it's a crawl, whether it's a step, whether it's a lunge, that fills your tank. All of those things fill your tank. But so many times folks are waiting for something outside of their control to fill that tank. And I'm not saying that results don't fill your tank. But I like to like compare it to, like, let's compare it to uh, eating a cookie, right? I mean, it, it tastes good. It, it's, a, it's a quick a quick hit, right? You get, a, you get some feel-good body chemistry with that. But, but it doesn't sustain you. But if you eat a good meal, you know, something nutritional, that's going to sustain you. So the quick hit, the sugar cookie hit is like the results. Man, you win, you want to do it again. Or somebody throws you a compliment, man, that felt good. When's, when's the next compliment coming? But when you can fill your tank, you know, with that, 
that that high octane fuel you're you're the only person you you're you're looking to to fill your tank is you and i think a lot of people miss that no i think that is so good and i know you know from first hand experience because you didn't get your world championship on your first try you rode out those lows or i mean you you don't call them lows you rode out those waves on your way to that end goal oh my gosh okay so like i went to my first school breakaway school with larry d in uh, 2013 it was her and hope t and uh i mean i i had known larry d and, and hope i've seen him at different events right but i show up at the school casey and i got my notebook and i got my pen and i'm i'm writing it all down and i mean i'm locked in to what's going on but larry d tells the story she thought when she saw me at that school she thought i was a battered woman i remember that story yeah that's what she thought she thought i was she thought she thought my husband beat me and now we laugh about it because because she says then i met stan and i was like man i got that wrong (laughs) i got that wrong right but 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 here's the deal i mean here i am i'm at the school i have huge huge bull goal i want to win the world in the tie down i want to win it i'm there i'm locked in but my body language and the way i act and the way I talk was like someone who got who was battered. And here's here's the deal. My insides did not match my outsides. And you really want it to be consistent. You want your insides to match your outsides. Because it it, it must be in you before it shows up in what you do. And and we, we, we laugh about it now, but that just shows you how unconfident I was yet I had I had a huge bold goal it didn't it didn't align it didn't match and it was a huge confidence problem you know problem 20 that was 2013 and uh, I I made a lot of shifts in just that three-year period I I didn't realize I was off like that a lot of I just I didn't have the awareness and that is a lot coming from Larry D because Larry D is a confident woman. She has big body language. Like, you know, even if you don't know who she is, when she walks into a room, you know, she's somebody I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and she doesn't do it to one up anyone. She doesn't do it to be cocky or arrogant or to make anyone feel less than she doesn't, you know, that's not her heart. That's not her heart. And I truly believe no one even sees that. You know what I see is wow there's somebody that's really approachable there's someone i want to get to know there's someone who 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 really owns their space there's someone with you know open chest big heart um i i'm 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 seeing her like that there's someone who who really who really you know wants to help someone i mean she's really open Mm -hmm. there's someone who's friendly I mean, I don't see her as anything other than any of those things. And how much do you think as women that we're we're encouraged from a young age not to take up space, it feels like, and to have that small body language? 
Well, I, I know that's where I got it was from my mom. You know, don't you get too big for your britches? And I, I really believe that encouraging encouraging young girls to 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 own their space, to own their greatness, to really identify all the great things that they're doing. I mean, a lot of times, I mean, well, let me ask you this. So when you go rope or you run barrels, do you look for all the things you did well first or do you look at all the things that you should have done better? Now I make a conscious effort to look for the good things, but it is hard not to focus. Even if there's just one bad thing, it tends to want to take control. Yeah, and and I really I I really encourage and coach we want to look at all the things that we did well first because that helps you to put it in perspective. It really helps us not to spiral down. It really helps us to to not join the poor pitiful me and ain't it awful and I can't believe I did it again. And why am I even here? You know, when we can when we can zoom out and look for all the things that we did well first, and then, ooh, what's one or two things we can do better, and how can we do it differently? It really helps to put it in a perspective. I love that because it's not okay. What did I do poorly? What is my weakness? It's okay. What can I improve on? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And and I and I think you know. I mean, I'm not, I'm not throwing any, any parents or coaches under the bus, nothing like that. But that really is the first thing that, that we go to. You know, they go to, ooh, you did this wrong. You did this poorly. Instead of like, wow, great effort. Way, way to show up. Way to show up. Way to take that aggressive start. You know, I mean, we want to, we really want to encourage them to look for what went well first. And then that really sets up sets up the language, sets up the scenario to be, you know, to be a scientist and, and look at, gosh, you could, we, we can do this better. And this is how we're going to do it differently. It just helps set the tone so much better. I love that. Now let me ask this. Is it possible for somebody to accidentally become a world champion if they don't see themselves being a world champion first? I, I think people get it done a lot of different ways. I mean, okay. of course, of, of course people have, have, have won things, you know, bold goals before they've, you know, you don't, there's a lot of ways to win it, Right. And, and for me, I am so thankful, so grateful that I didn't, like, stumble into it or, like you said, accidentally win it um, a decade, two decades before I did because I, I would have missed out on so much. There's no way I would have wrote those books. There's no way I would have, you know, developed a relationship with Larry D and Hope T. And there, I wouldn't have met you, Casey. I mean, I mean, I really believe that, you know, my journey um, happened exactly the way that it was to happen. But yeah, do you, do you need to have, do you need to have all your things together in order to win a world championship? No, I'll tell you, nobody has all their stuff together all the time. Nobody does. 
Awesome. And then one thing I wanted to get into because personally for me, probably the best advice that you've ever given me, and I just think the world needs to hear this if they can, straight from your mouth. Um, when I met you, I was at a clinic. I was preparing for the Women's Rodeo World Championship. I got in on what was called a fast track qualification, now as a qualifier series. And I was intimidated three weeks before that event. <laughs> I was already like, I know who else is in this. I know, you know, I'm not good enough. Like, I'm not really that great of a breakaway roper. I'm just a barrel icer. And you got a hold of me that weekend <laughs> in your very gentle way. And basically, I, and Larry D, I think both of you were standing together. And you guys pretty much told me, well, then you might as well not go. Because you already don't believe that you can win it. So let's talk through that and how, like you said, you've got to see yourself there and believe that you're that person for it to happen. Yeah, you know, a lot of us are doers, right? I, I know as I was figuring this out, right? I mean, I had, I had Lyle Sankey, like, explained like what the insanity loop was and and I realized ooh I'm on this insanity loop I'm I'm going to get off of it then I had I had this this girl's dad tell me you know not everybody can be a world champion and um uh, you know your horse is okay but he's not going to be good enough and some people like you just do this for fun and and I mean I, I those those are like really two pivotal things that really helped to spark me in, in how I was going to do this, running down this bold goal different. And a couple questions that, that really, you know, thought-provoking questions that really bubbled up for me was, okay, what do I need to do to get it done? You know, technical horsemanship, you know, mechanical things, roping things. What do I need to do? But just as important, it was who do I need to become? in order to win it and that those two questions really helped to catapult me forward and for you it was a lot who does Casey need to become in order to run this down I mean you had the skill set you had the horse you had the horsemanship but who does Casey need to become what do you think of that I mean is that kind of kind of where you ended up after that day? Yeah, I feel like you're calling me out on here, Donnie. <laughs> no, it, it was because I will say, like, I, I jokingly started telling people, and, and people made fun of me when I said this, is after that I I started saying, okay, every time I back in the box, I'm going to act like I already roped the calf, and like Larry D says, I just have to reel him to me, and mm -hmm. I'm just going to pretend I'm Jackie Crawford. I'm just I'm just Jackie Crawford in my head when I back in the box. Um, and people give me really funny looks when I said that, but I guess it's kind of like you said, I needed to see myself as somebody and I couldn't see it right then. So I just saw myself as Jackie. So I do feel like you kind of pushing me to that point of just changing my perspective made all the difference in my groping right there. Wow. I love, I love hearing that. Yeah. And you know, when we see greatness in others, like you know, you're looking to, to Jackie, like you see that confidence, you see, you see that fierceness, whatever you see, right? You have that when you can identify those attributes, those characteristics, 
those positive, productive traits in someone else, you have those traits. You wouldn't notice those traits. They wouldn't even land on your radar if you didn't have them already inside of you. I think that's so good. I think a lot of people, like, I want to just mic drop right there because I think there's so many girls that need to hear that that, like, don't even realize that's already inside of them. Oh, 100%. 100%. Yeah. Um, I mean, I get it a lot. You know, parents, like, man, I just want it so bad for him or her. I, I just, man, I, I just I just want it so bad for them. But here's the deal. You know, the the kiddo or, or the spouse, I mean, the, the person running it down, they got to want it the most. And they got to believe it the most. I mean, I can believe it for you. I can want it for you. But you, you got to want it the most. You got to believe in yourself the most. Nobody can do it for you. It's like I say, this confidence is an inside job all day long, 100%. So, okay, you've worked with a lot of professional athletes, a lot of very successful rodeo athletes, especially through your business. What are, besides that lack of confidence, what are the top two things that you see breakaway ropers struggle with, whether it's just in daily practice or on the rodeo trail? Yeah, like like we talked confidence. Confidence is a is 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 ginormous. Focus. Focus is another um big I mean gap for 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 breakaway ropers. And 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 focus it's not it's not difficult, it's not complicated, but it's layered. It's really layered. And it's for for one, it's focus on on focusing on what you can control. Focusing on what you want to have happen. Keeping your your focus on the process greater than the outcome. Being present. Being present. Not fussing on the past, not fretting on the future. Being being where your feet are. That's a huge one. It's it's huge. It's 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 when. What's important now? Right here, what right now. What's important now? Big, big, big focus um components right there and and you can tell it's 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 not difficult but it's 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 having that awareness man what am I focusing on and is my focus helping me or is it hindering me if you're focused on other people you know blame um comparing judging you know that steals that really steals your focus but if you're focused on you, if you're focused on what, you know, all the things I just listed, when you're focused there, it really grounds you and it really gives you that, that clarity, which helps you to be composed and, you know, have that composure in the box. That's awesome. And then on that note, mm-hmm. how much weight do you put in your inner circle? Like, how specific are you about the people that you surround yourself with and why? Oh, that's, that is ginormous. It, it's ginormous. And, you know, I have friends outside my inner circle, but, but my inner circle, uh, that's everything. That's everything. I mean, um, 
who I who I go to when I'm when I'm struggling, who I go to if I'm looking for a for a, for a strategy, if if I'm looking for a solution to something. Um, my 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 inner circle isn't isn't real isn't real large, and and I'll tell you, everybody that's in my inner circle has earned a spot there. That's huge. They they've, they've earned it. I mean, I trust them, and and I know. Anybody who, who I'm in their inner circle, I know I have earned that spot and that they trust me. And uh, it's I, nobody comes into that inner circle unless they've earned the spot. It's, it's, it's that important. It's, it's that sacred. Not everybody inside of my inner circle can solve everything, if that makes sense. So if somebody in my inner circle is, you know, like my mental, like I have, I have quite a few mental performance coaches, coaches that, that help me, um, business coaches, right? Um, I would not go to them if I was having difficulty with my horse. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like not everybody inside your inner circle is, is can solve everything, but I have, they, they each have their specific, um, you know, thing that they can help me with. Okay, because a lot of times, I mean, a lot of times, you know, you think, well, they're in my inner circle and they can solve this problem. No, <laughs> you know, they can provide a solution to this problem. No, I mean, they have a, a special spot in that inner circle. I, I had, I had Brene Brown. I've never met Brene Brown, but I consider her, you know, for a long time. She was a big part of my inner circle. She really helped me to understand that um, perfection, you know, that that's unattainable. And, you know, that was really a red flag for a lot of things I had going on here. I thought, well, I'm just a perfectionist. Like, dang, that's that's nothing to really be proud of. Um, That's not very authentic. You know, she talks about the mask and the armor. I mean, she was part of my inner circle and I'll probably never I'll probably never meet her yet. Man, she helped me close so many gaps. It, it was amazing, but but I never met her. That's awesome. And you were, I mean, you talked about in your first book, you were a perfectionist to the point where it was affecting your health. Yeah, yeah. Perfectionism, I mean, it, it's not attainable, not attainable at all. And, uh, yeah, the, the whole eating disorder, the OCD, um, the all or nothing mindset it you know it was it was hindering my health absolutely it it, I I went to I went to you know treatment center for for all of those things and uh you know really interesting story so I get to go to Larry D's ranch for the very first time it was right after that school um you know I, I left that school Casey not being able to catch anything I'm crying. I got the snot and the tears. I'm, I can't catch anything. And here I thought this was going to be, this was going to be the thing that like helped me win. You know, I went to that school so I could, I could win and I'm so sad. And that's not how Larry D teaches. (laughs) (laughs) Well, but but that was my mindset back in 2013. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and so she's like, give it time, keep working at it, give it time. And I get home and I can't catch anything 
And my husband says, call her, see if you can go down. And I'm like, she don't got time. And he's like, just call her. And I do. And she's like, I'll make time. And so I get there. It was an awesome experience. And I get home and Stan's like, well, how was it? And I'm like, man, it had a really cool vibe, you know, which now I call culture. Um, But I, I was like telling him, like, man, it had a really cool vibe. And I tell Stan she never said the word perfect. And I tell him, not once, not once. She never said the word perfect. And here, I mean, I thought, man, I'm going to need to do it perfect, you know? And I'm like, whatever she says, I'm going to do. And it was just so freeing that she never said the word perfect. And I knew that was a trigger for me. Um, And it's just, it was just amazing. And, And here you have somebody at a, at an extraordinary, extreme, elite level who isn't looking for perfection. She's looking for progression. And it, it really was the start of opening my mind. And I left there so empowered because it didn't need to be perfect. Well, all right, Donnie, I've got to ask because I ask everybody that comes on. I didn't warn you about this one. Okay. Um, But I always have to ask my guests, what is the best piece of advice? It can be rodeo, life, anything. Best piece of advice that you have ever been given. And we might have touched on it already. (laughs) Yeah, you know, I'm working, man, I've worked with so many amazing coaches. And I still work with a lot of amazing coaches. You know, like Brian, I, I talk about Brian in the book, you know, when I was, started to coach he's like hey if you're gonna coach you better have a coach right and uh i really learned a lot a lot from him and you know knowing what you can control and and knowing what you cannot control and really being able to focus on what you can control was really freeing for me really freeing for me and you know that's one of the drills in, in the master of the art of winning. I mean, that is, that's the first drill that I asked the reader to do is that drill. And I, and I put it as the first drill because it is that freeing and it really opens up your mind and it gives you that great self-awareness. And once you have awareness, it is, I'm going to say it is, you will never go back to seeing it the same way. When you have that awareness, it, it opened your mind to see things differently. And and that that was, like, if we talked the most important thing, that was the most important drill that I ever did that, that started everything to move in the, in the, you know, forward direction for me. Awesome. All right, Donnie, where can our listeners check out your books? Where can they find Heart of a Champion and Master the Art of Winning? And what website can they check out your mental coach, uh, sorry, your mental performance coaching services? Oh, I appreciate that. Yeah, Amazon is where both of those books are for sale. And my website is DonningTaylor.com. I love that. Hey, I have one, I have another question. Something that I just noticed when Master the Art of Winning is sitting on my desk is the trophy on the front cover is not just a trophy it is made up of puzzle pieces 
Can you explain your reasoning behind that cover? <laughs> well, thanks, yeah. And my kiddo, Roper, drew that. No Roper way. That. Yeah, he did. And, I mean, he's, 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 he's such a very cool artist. I, I dumb him down. We'll just call it that. You know, I mean, his, his skill set is just amazing i mean he he has an art degree but i kind of i'm i'm I, i'll just call it dumbed down i don't even know if that's like appropriate or not but you know what i mean like i i, I like level him down but i gave him my vision of of what i wanted and you know we're all putting our puzzle pieces together i mean just Man, I thought, I truly thought, man, when I win the world, man, my life is going to be so good. I'm not going to have any problems. Um, I'm going to be so happy. And, you know, that was the start. Winning the world was the start of my puzzle. I mean, I just kept putting pieces together. We were all putting our, our puzzle piece together. We're never going to have our puzzle all the way put together. There is no finish line. And I think this is where a lot of people get stuck is they're thinking, man, when I get this skill set, when I get this horse, when I can win this rodeo, then I've arrived. I'm there. Um, the thing is, you, you're, you're never going to get there. The goalposts are always being moved further out. There's always going to be a new puzzle piece. You're never going to finish it. And that's the prize. I mean, the prize is you always get to, you're always going to have this puzzle that you get to put together. You're, you're never going to have it all put together. And I think when folks wrap their head around that, that, hey, there is no finish line. The finish line is that last exhale. I mean, that's the finish line. That's awesome. I love, I love that so much. I just thought that was so cool when I looked at it. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I I appreciate you 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 seeing that. Yeah, that was that was a lot of fun to explain to him what I you know what my vision was and and uh, and and that's what he come up with and I thought it was pretty appropriate. Awesome. Well, Donnie, is there anything that you want to share that you feel like I missed out on today, or anything you want to make sure people take away from this or that they learn from your story? Here, here's, here's the deal about the mental performance and, and, you know, competing. A lot of people get, you know, they really double down on the mental performance for competing. Okay. But mental performance, I mean, it starts, it starts before it starts, right? You want to begin with the end in mind, but think about training. How you train, Casey, is incredibly important, um, in, in how you compete. I mean, the way in which you train is is a reflection of, of how you're going to compete. So this mental performance, it's not something that you just turn on when you compete. It's something you turn on all the time and you leave it on. And you get to leave it on in the training arena. When you train, how you train, um, there's... There's just a lot to it. Does that make sense? I mean, mental performance, it's a competition thing, but it's something that you also bring to when you train. And that's something I really work a lot with my with my athletes on is training purposefully and deliberately and training in a way that reflects how you want to compete. Because a lot of people, they're like, man, I do so good at home. 
I do so good at home. I call it like I'm the queen of my arena, right? I dominate my arena, and then I go compete, and it all goes off the rails. And it starts in the competition. In, it starts in the training. When when you train, you want to train in the way that reflects how you compete. And man, a lot of that is is being purposeful, having that locked in focus, um, looking for the data getting that feedback, getting outside your comfort zone, training, training with the same intensity that you compete with. Those horses know the difference. Um, I mean, I, I and, and, and there's a drill in that book as well for that, a couple of them. But, you know, if you if if, there, if there's something that we didn't touch on, you know, that would be that would be it, because that is that's a gap or a piece of the puzzle that a lot of people come to me with. And then we, you know, we, we solve that, of course. It's it's not rocket science. I mean, we, we figure it out. We, we solve it. And, and, they, and they learn to compete the way they want to. You know, they, they make that transfer from training to competition. But, yeah, I, I, just, I just wanted to, you to, um, you know, maybe put that in there, too, that, that the mental performance isn't just competing. It's training. That's awesome. Well, Donine, this was fun. I'm so glad I got to talk to you. I'm like going to a jackpot tonight. Now I'm fired up. Like, whew. Shoot, buddy. Uh, I appreciate you. It was so cool to sit down and, and break it down more with you. And um, Yeah, thank you. It was, it was a privilege to, to have you give me a call. What did I tell you guys? Mm, every word she said is so good. I know this was a longer episode, but I hope that you guys hung with us the whole way through because I, I couldn't cut it out, you guys. I couldn't cut out these amazing things that she was saying. So make sure to let us know on social media how you feel about this episode and if you'd like to see more like it and have Donine or other mental performance experts back on. Also, you can go to DonneenTaylor.com or Amazon to check out her coaching services and her book, Heart of a Champion, and her newest book, master the art of winning if you would like to check those out make sure to also go to fastbackropes.com check out that athena or the edge that they have to offer for breakaway ropers if you're looking for a new rope and gosh it is the end of the pro rodeo season so we're gonna have a lot of new episodes coming your way a lot of bonus content breakawayropingjournal.com is gonna be hopping our social media is gonna be popping we're wrapping up Women in Rodeo Month. You guys, I am so excited with everything happening in the sport and within Breakaway Roping Journals platforms. I mm, I can't even function. I hope you guys are excited too. I'm going to quit rambling. I know you guys have had a long episode. Thank you so much for your support, and we will talk to you next time.